1: There was a time when our relationship with Christ was largely accepted in our culture. No need to be ashamed. Well, times have changed a lot, haven't they? Let's talk about that next on Times of Refreshing. Culturally speaking, there was no need to be ashamed of the gospel a few years ago, but as mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, times have changed, and now it's kind of on the outs. We can be ashamed of the gospel because there is so much opposition. So where do we find our strength and comfort in the midst of this? How can we stand with Paul and say, I am not ashamed? Well, that's what we'll talk about today on Times of Refreshing. From the well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California, our teacher and pastor now encourages us to be bold for the faith. With today's broadcast of Times of refreshing now. Here's Pastor Napoleon Kaufman.
0: Right now within the culture, within the world, we see things shifting. It's nothing to be alarmed at. I don't think it's anything that we should be confused about. But there's in some ways a hostility towards the gospel and towards Christ in general. And there's such a watering down of, of God's message. That we have, to, we have to really roll up our sleeves, saints. And, and understand that there has to be a strong conviction in the depths of our heart concerning Christ. Concerning what he's done. If we're going to make it in this last day. Last day. And then at the end of this age, we have to, you have to be firm. You have to be fixed in your convictions. You and I have to know who we know. We have to know who we believed. The message has to be fixed in our mind because right now things are becoming uh, wicked. They're becoming twisted. And for some individuals, and we see this, people are falling away from Christ or they're, 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 the, water, the waters are so muddy that people are confused concerning what really is Christ and what, what is it all about. And the word compromise is being so heavily promoted and propagated now through social media and just through, through even in Christian circles. <laughs> that there's no standard, there's no, there's no line of demarcation. There's nothing that says, no, this is, this is something I will not move on. We have to get that in our spirit, and we have to get to the place that when it comes to Christ, we refuse to be ashamed. They just cut 21 guys' heads off because they refused to renounce Christ. But they, were, they, they wouldn't do it. He had become too real to them. They were firmly fixed in their conviction. And I think for all of us in our hearts and our minds, do we have this kind of relationship with Christ? Do we know him to that degree? Is it fixed in our minds that, that I will not be moved. I cannot deny the things which I have heard and seen. Jesus is real to me. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Apostle Paul was one who experienced this same type of persecution and, and hardship. And he was willing to stand in the midst of opposition because of his love for Christ, his commitment to the gospel, and then just knowing what Christ had done for him in his life. And I think it's, it's important for all of us. Never forget where Jesus found you. <laughs> and, and go back to that place often. Go back to that place often in your mind that, Lord, you found me there, but look what you've done in my life. And so for Apostle Paul, this was firm, and it, it was a conviction, and it has to be our conviction. Look what he says here in Romans chapter 1, verse 8. He says, First, I thank My God, through Jesus Christ, for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. He says, for my God is my witness. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I make mention of you always in my prayers. He was an intercessor. He loved to pray. He prayed for the people of God. We should be doing the same thing consistently. And he says in verse 10, he says, making a request, if by some means, now at the last, I may find a way in the will of God to come to you. That Lord, if, if the will of God was so directed that I would come to you, that I would get a chance to see you all. This was his heart. He says, for I long to see you, verse 11, that I may impart to you some spiritual gift, so that you may be established. That is, that I may be encouraged together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. I love this. when you, It's something like, it's, it's not, it's, man, I tell you, it's so special. When you, when you haven't seen a person in a long time and then you get to see him, and, and then you know that you're brothers and sisters in Christ. And, and you have this connection. It's like Pastor Nate. You know, I talk to Pastor Nate on the phone. But when I see him. It's like, man, that's my brother, man. Man, it's so good to see my brother. And the, and the mutual faith. And even for me, and I, this may not be for everybody, but for me, I just love coming to church on Sunday morning. I love seeing you all. I love, and to be honest with you guys too, I mean, I love y'all. I really love seeing y'all. But I love seeing y'all kids. Most of you guys see me. I, if I... And my wife knows it. I just, I love being in that children's church over there. And playing with the kids and running around. Some of them tell you, Pastor was in here stealing my toys. I mean, just, but just, there's something about seeing and connecting and knowing that it's the thread of Christ that has brought us all together. It's a beautiful thing. He says here in verse 13, now I do not want you to be unaware, brethren. That I often plan to come to you. He says. But was hindered until now. That I might have some fruit among you also. Just as among the other Gentiles. And look what he says here. I like this. He says. I am a debtor. Both to the Greeks. And to the barbarians. Both to the wise. And to the unwise. So as much as is in me. I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome, he says, also. And I like this because understand that Apostle Paul, him going to the Jews for a limited period of time and then ultimately being released to preach the gospel to the Gentiles where he found the fullness of his ministry was a hard calling. His mission was not easy. He had to travel seas, he had to travel lands, he had to travel in the midst of great hardship, pain. He said, fasting. He said there were times where he went hungry. There are times when he was ran out of cities. There were times when he would preach the gospel in a city, and then the, the Judaizers would come behind him and pervert the message that he had just preached in the city. There were conflicts, there was confusion. There was doubts. There were fears. He said sometimes, he said this in his own writing, that sometimes there were fears without, but there was also fears within. That he struggled with this dynamic because he's going into hostile territory and with his apostolic call and ministry, he's penetrating regions with the gospel. And it was not an easy commission. It was rough. It wasn't... It wasn't a, I mean, you read these epistles and there's a struggle associated with him going into unfamiliar territories and there was resistance. Here he just said he was hindered. He doesn't say in this passage of scripture what was the hindrance, but there was something that brought delay into his advancement towards these people. And sometimes in our lives we have to realize that part of the Christian call, there's going to be a resistance element. There's going to be a a conflict element. We're in a spiritual battle. And we have to get in our minds that not everything that we go through as saints, even as it pertains to advancing the cause of Christ, is going to be easy. Sometimes it's going to be a fight, it's going to be a battle. And Apostle Paul went through all these the same emotions that we go through and the same things that we think about as we're trying to uh, advance the kingdom. We, it's the same thing he went through. He, we, went, we go through everybody. We're humans, amen? So there's going to be times when you, you're, you're dealing with this mentally and within our hearts and within our minds. But he says, I am a debtor. And what he's basically saying is, because Gr- Christ gave his life for me, I gave my life to Christ, and I accepted the commission. He, he's basically saying that I owe Christ to get to these people or to get the gospel to these people. I owe him. I, this is, he called me to this, and I responded to the group. He's looking for something in return. And for every single one of us, Jesus wants a return on his investment in your life. He wants it. You're a debtor. And for all of us, I love this. He says, I'm a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I like what he says in verse 15. He says, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you who are in Rome also. I'm ready for this. The ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, and the things that come, and, and, you know, on my job, and in my home, and in my marriage, with my children, in my singleness, and in life in general, I'm ready. He's basically saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And we see through his writings that at the end of the day, he kept his faith, he finished his course. And he was willing to do whatever Jesus asked him to do. And it's the same thing for all of us here. We have to make sure that this becomes fixed. The big reason why, and I like this, he says in verse 16, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. He says, not just the gospel, he says the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God... To salvation to everyone. Somebody say everyone. He says to everyone who believes. He says for the Jews first. Then also he says for the Greeks. He says for in it the righteousness of God is revealed. From faith to faith. He says as it is written the just shall live by faith. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Saints, The gospel of Christ, the good news of Jesus' death, the good news of Jesus' burial, and the good news of Jesus' resurrection, this is the sum of the gospel. This This is really what the gospel is all about, that Jesus died for our sins. He died for our sins. He was buried for our sins, and he was raised to the right hand of the Father for our justification i think it's important for all of us to get this message clear within our minds that the gospel is all about jesus's death his burial and his resurrection this is what it's all about apostle paul said i'm not ashamed of this i'm not ashamed to be identified with jesus in his death burial and resurrection i'm not people want to talk about god but when you start mentioning jesus When you start mentioning Jesus Christ and start really getting into the, because there's no way you can get to God our Father except you go through the Lord Jesus Christ. There's only one way to the Father. And that is through His Son, Jesus Christ. And if you accept Jesus Christ, it is a matter of us now identifying with His death, burial, and resurrection and embracing the gospel of Christ. That when it comes to the gospel of Christ, when it comes to Christ and his message, and when it comes to who he is, that we're not ashamed of that. That we'll talk about him anywhere and everywhere. That we are not ashamed to talk about Jesus. But right now, the culture, the world, people, they want to make make us feel ashamed about talking about Jesus. You can talk about any other false god you can talk about. But if you start mentioning the name Jesus Christ, then people have a problem. And I think it's important for us that it becomes firm within us. That I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm a debtor. I, I owe Jesus Christ my life. He saved my life. I'm going to talk about him. I don't care. You, Everybody else can leave. I'm going to talk about Jesus. Can I have an amen in here? That this is something that has to become comfortable to us. People love to talk about the Warriors and the Niners. Amen. Woo, I'm a radar. We'll talk, we'll brag about our favorite sports teams. Man, we got bumper stickers. We got pins and pendants and hats and jackets and shirts. We will brag on our team, and our team, listen, your team may not be winning. you still bragging on them. They would have won if we just brag about our sports team. We brag about stuff. You know, we got one of them nice jobs. We brag about them jobs. We got our business cards, everything. Who you work for? I work for but you know, it always amazes me. And you guys know where I'm going with this. It's a shame to me that we don't brag about Jesus more. Do you know saints, do we understand who he is? He's the word made flesh. He dwelt among us. They beheld his glory, that of the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth. He walked on water. He healed the sick. He cast out 4 to 6,000 demons at of one man. He healed the lame. He raised the dead. <laughs> he fed 5,000. He cleansed the leper. He spoke to the winds and the waves and the seas and they commanded him. They, they submitted to his commands. There's no one like the Lord. He is the king eternal, immortal, full of glory. Jesus doesn't just reveal The light to you. He is the light to you. He spoke to the centurions and all who came to to arrest him. And just his words, his mere words coming out of his mouth, the eternal power that he had in his words when he spoke it, they all just fell to the ground. He goes to the grave. He gets in the grave. He snatches the keys of hell and death and the grave. said, these are mine. As a matter of fact, all these people that you've had here in the underworld, they come in with me. Peter and James and John and Moses and all y'all come in with me. Let's go. Let's get up Let's get up out of here. Can I have an amen up in here? Do you know who Jesus is? He's the Alpha. He's the Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the first and the last. Before was, was. Jesus was. We have to understand that Jesus is the almighty eternal. And God our Father has given him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He's Jesus. He'll pull you out of the pit. There's no drug that's stronger than him. There's no addiction that's stronger than him. There's no perversion that's stronger than him. There's no jail cell that's stronger than him. Jesus will save to the uttermost. He's not just a lamb. He's also a lion. He's not just a lion. He's also a lamb. He's not just in your past. He's also in your future. When you get there, he's already there. He'll pick you up and change your life around. He'll put a smile on your face and get bitterness and pride and anger and jealousy and everything out of your spirit. He'll create in you a clean heart. And renew the right kind of spirit within you. This is why the devil fights him so much. This is why the devil, he fights and he fights and he fights. and He doesn't want people to change. He doesn't want people to get a hold of Jesus. He wants people to become ashamed. The gospel of Christ. But by the grace of God, I tell you this. The saints, all of us, we have to stop and remember where he found you and never be ashamed. Well, you know, I don't want to be offensive. Well, the Bible says that people are going to, inherent within the gospel, people are going to get offended because the devil wants to blind their mind to stop. So they're not going to like you talking about Jesus. But I'm going to talk about Jesus. Can I have an amen, saints? When you've encountered them, you cannot deny. No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't had. I didn't seen too much. Not only is he alive to me, he's alive in me. Oh my goodness! I want to shout. Can we just praise him right now, just for a moment? Just feel something right now in my spirit. He's not just alive to me he's alive in me in him I live and I move and I have my being I, I wouldn't be here today so, so this is the context around apostle Paul in verse 16 clearly saying that I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ he says for it is the power of God the gospel is the message the gospel of Jesus' death, burial and resurrection the gospel of Christ it is the power of God unto salvation. This message is what springs forth salvation and gives people a point of reference to release their faith. There's no, I, I, I want, if I'm going to release my faith, I need a point of reference, reference. It's the gospel that helps me release my faith. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes. And then he takes the limits off. He said, this isn't just for the Jews. It's not just for the Greek. It's not just for the black man or the white man. It's not just for, this is for everyone. He says, this is for the Jew first and also the Greek. He said, this is for everybody. He says, for in it the righteousness of God. God's righteousness is revealed through the message. He says, from faith to faith, for as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Now, I want to, I want to take this and then I'm going to show you here in another passage of scripture, how for some people, it's just a matter of either their, their faith, everybody has faith, but sometimes people's faith is misdirected. But now it's a matter of now I got my point of reference. Let me release my faith in this direction. And so everyone, but if we're ashamed of the message, if we're ashamed of the gospel, we're doing a disservice to our communities to our cities, to our nations. If we have the message, don't you let the devil shut your mouth when it comes to the gospel. Don't do it. Because somebody's salvation could be at stake. Go to Romans chapter 10. Let's look at this real quick. Romans chapter 10, verse 14. And we're going to look all the way down to 18. Romans 10, verse 14. It says here in verse 14, he says, How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace. Who bring glad tidings of good things. He says here in verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says Lord who has believed our report. And this is good. I was meditating on this the other day. So then faith comes by what? And hearing by what? The word of God. Now typically when when I would read this. I would say, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and the thing that God really stopped me on when I was looking at this two weeks ago, I was just meditating on this verse and it just jumped out to me. It says, so then faith comes now, faith this comes, it comes to us and it, and it's going to continue to come to us. He says by hearing, so hearing what you hear helps To usher faith into your life. Okay. Now just track with me here. What you hear. So it's important that we're hearing the right thing. Because faith is going to come as we hear. Faith. A lot of times we think that faith comes by seeing. But he's saying no. Faith comes by hearing. He said faith comes to you by hearing. He said. But. Hearing. Hearing. And this is where God got me. He says, but hearing, your hearing comes, or your hearing becomes right, by the what? Word of God. It's the hearing that needs to change. Faith comes by hearing, but your hearing is recalibrated by the Word of God.